Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Can I guarantee that I'll have a healthy pregnancy? Can I 100% guarantee that it'll be a seamless delivery and recovery? Absolutely not. But I've also learned over the last three years since my son was born and we navigated a pandemic that nothing in life can be planned 100%. Nothing is guaranteed. And the only thing I can control is how I approach it, who I choose to surround myself with to support me if I need it, and taking care of myself and my mental health. Hello and welcome back to the show. I am Dr. Mona and this is a Finding Joy episode where I talk about finding peace and joy amidst chaos, reframing tough life choices, or navigating those difficult times as parents, especially as mothers. If you love this podcast, make sure you leave a review, share it on social media, tag me in it on Instagram. It means so much to me to see how much you love the show, but also when you do that, it helps the podcast grow. And we've had such a great 2022, and I can't wait to see what 2023 has in store for us. I am finally happy to share with this podcast community that I am pregnant. After two years of fertility monitoring treatments and IVF, we are expecting our baby who is due two years to the date of my first appointment with my fertility doctor. Two years to the date. I couldn't even believe that. I was going through our entire story and I look back and I was like, wait, our baby's due date is the same day that I had the initial appointment with my fertility doctor back in 2021 and baby's coming June of 2023, the same date. I am just shocked. So it's very exciting. I'm so happy to share that with the world now. People on my Instagram know, on my YouTube channel are aware, and now I get to share with this podcast community. So thank you so, so much. Don't forget that I share bits and pieces of our IVF journey, fertility journey on my YouTube channel, Peds Doc Talk TV, with a few vlogs already on the process, what brought us to start IVF, our embryo transfer, and I will continue to share vlogs there as I go through this pregnancy. It's actually been a lot of fun to record these vlogs and not release it until it's all kind of combined and just document it so that I can also look back at it as I go through this process and as our baby also gets older. So the big question people have already asked is, is it a boy or girl? Everyone wants to know this, and that's going to come eventually. But I also wanted to go over the other common questions I've been getting, which is, how are you feeling? Are you nervous being pregnant after birth trauma? 
How is your mental health? Tell us everything. Tell us how you're doing. So on this episode, I'm talking about those big feelings, the nerves, the excitement, the duality of emotions that I've been feeling throughout this entire journey and also finally being pregnant after what feels like so long. And I know a lot of my IVF warriors can attest to this. Wherever you are in your journey, it's a very grueling process, emotionally draining. The ups and downs are like nothing I've ever experienced. I do not want to compare birth trauma to IVF, but with traumatic delivery, it happened. I had to recover from that. I had to heal from that. But with IVF, it has just felt like two years of a roller coaster. Two years of feeling like, okay, we're going to get this and then we're not. And then we're going to get this and then canceled transfers and so many different things were happening. So it is a journey, this IVF journey. And on this episode, like I mentioned, I'm going to be going over the excitement, the worry, the anticipation that can fill us when we're pregnant, but also when we're pregnant with IVF after birth trauma, which is a very nuanced and specific situation that you may not find yourself in. And I hope you never do. But if you are there, or if you ever find yourself there, I hope that this episode will resonate. And I really think it's going to resonate even if you haven't been in that situation and you've ever just expected a baby, have been pregnant and are a parent. First of all, how am I feeling? Oh, loaded question. I am feeling so, so grateful but I also have been feeling exhausted and nauseous, especially in that first trimester and so fatigued. My first trimester was really different than Ryan. You know, with Ryan, I had minimal nausea, was still able to go to workouts in the afternoon. I had food aversions, but in this pregnancy, I have felt sick from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. for six to eight weeks straight in the first trimester. I was also incredibly fatigued where I would wake up and I just feel like I needed to sleep which was just so hard to do with a toddler and life and work and obligations. It just felt exhausting. And I was on meds. I took Unisom and B6 for the nausea. It really, at some point, didn't help at all. And I thought about needing diclegis. I thought about what I should do. I wasn't vomiting, but I was just so nauseous. And I also had to do injections in that first trimester. I'm still actually on Lovenox at the time of this recording, but I had to do Lovenox injections at night as well as progesterone and oil injections in the morning. And if you have done IVF, you know how taxing it can be. Waking up and injecting my butt for 12 weeks and then my abdomen in evenings, it actually took an emotional toll on me, especially with the hormones of the pregnancy. I just felt tired all the time. I was nauseous. I'd have to wake up, do the injection, get my son ready for school, do all this stuff. And I just felt tired and drained. So I couldn't eat. I was tired. I wanted to throw up, but I couldn't. All the remedies that I was using for nausea, ginger chews that I would like cut up fresh raw ginger, help for a little bit. Saltine crackers would help hold me over. I'd smell a little alcohol swab pack just to help with the nausea, but it would just keep coming back. And I also just felt exhausted and I developed rashes, bruising from all of the injections. So basically I felt super sexy and it was this split feeling of being so, so grateful for why I'm in this stage. I mean, I'm having all these symptoms and having to do all this because I'm pregnant and I'm so grateful that our one embryo stuck, but also simultaneously wanting the phase to be over. And it felt endless. I also got viral bronchitis around the same time the nausea was bad. So pretty much Halloween, which was October 31st till mid-December was really hard for me. 
It was tough. I actually went into a little bit of a funk during that time. I wouldn't call it depression, but I was in a lot of tears, a lot of when will this end? And what if it's like this the entire pregnancy? And then I just remembered the moment that this is now. I can't control how my pregnancy is going to be for the rest of the entire duration. I don't know how the delivery will go. Nothing is in my control outside of this current moment and taking care of myself, leaning in on the rest whenever I could. And then I had to cancel a lot of partnerships and recordings, content for PDT, which you all probably didn't even realize because the creator, myself, panics more than the consumer, right? We are on this side being like, well, I'm not going to be able to post this and do this. But y'all are like, oh, okay, I just didn't see anything from her. It was just a really kind of balancing time. And I am just so grateful that I had some help. I mentioned on my Instagram that we had a nanny for Ryan for three months. I call her our nanny. She was also Ryan's nanny for a few months back in 2021. And it was truly divine timing. She happened to be available October through December, which coincided with my first trimester. So hello, fate. I think so. She could not work past December and she came into our life after the transfer. So I really, really leaned in on that luck of fate and also gratitude of being in this stage with our one embryo to kind of get through those initial feelings of this really, really is hard, but I'm so grateful. If you ever find yourself feeling the duality of feelings, gratitude, but also discomfort, know that the feelings are normal. I never once felt that it took away from my appreciation for where we are at that moment but it did take some moments of telling myself that this is going to pass, control what you can to move through it. And that now I'm in my second trimester and feeling so much better, minus the heartburn, which is a story for another time. In terms of nerves about being pregnant after all I went through, you know, the traumatic delivery in December of 2019 and then IVF, I made the active decision to go to therapy before I got pregnant. I made this decision in September of last year after a transfer cycle got canceled in August. You know, it was our one embryo. You're prepping everything. And then it got canceled. I explained more on my YouTube channel about what happened, but I felt hopeless. I felt dejected and I realized I'm going to need the support whether I get pregnant or not, whether this actually works and our embryo does transfer or not, I'm going to need that support system. So I saw my therapist once a month and starting this year, I moved to twice a month. And I've always been very pro-therapy. As many of you know my story, when Ryan was eight months, I developed postpartum depression. And I ended up on Lexapro. I saw a therapist and it really helped me. I was on meds for six months, therapist for about eight, nine months, and things got better. My mindfulness practice got better. My coping got better and things have been good. But I know that I had it last time. And I was like, look, I want to make sure I'm ahead of this. I have had a traumatic delivery. I've gone through the stress of IVF and just the stress of adding another child to our life. I just wanted to stay on top of it with support. So it's been such a great experience. And it helps to have someone who knows little about you. Obviously, she gets to know me through the therapy sessions, give me guidance on my feelings and validation. But to answer that question, you know, I do have nerves. A lot of my nerves came from disbelief, seeing an embryo on a picture and in a test tube, and then realizing that they transfer that and it's growing inside me to be a baby. It boggles my mind, even as a physician. Like even now, I'll be like thinking, I'm like, wow, that baby was in a test tube or on ice is what we call it. Our MB baby was on ice in Miami and we were just waiting for the transfer. And I'm like, wow, it's just fascinating. 
As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 and use code pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code pedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code pedsdoc that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c I surprisingly have less anxiety with this pregnancy than with Ryan. With Ryan, I just had a lot of anxiety because I didn't have a lot of symptoms early on. So I thought that there would be something wrong. Like, why am I not having any of the common symptoms? I had very mild nausea. I mean, looking back, I'm so grateful for that, having the experience I have now. But with this pregnancy, I had the nausea, the fatigue. It made me more reassured that, okay, the baby was growing, causing me to have these symptoms. And with Ryan, it was like, oh, is he in there? I did carry some degree of nerves through the anatomy scan in this pregnancy. You know, is this baby developing okay? Can this MB baby, this embryo baby, is everything fine? Is it okay in there? 
Our anatomy scan was about two weeks prior to the recording of this episode, and everything went great. You know, I watched as they went through everything. If you have not had an anatomy scan, it's like an hour visit or more where they look at everything, the feet, the hands, the palate of the mouth, the head, the brain. They're looking at all over the body just to see if there's anything that's anatomically a concern that would warrant more evaluation, more monitoring. And I'm very grateful that it all went well. I also had nerves about my body being able to carry another baby. I still remember talking to another IVF family in my office who they got pregnant via IVF and they had a traumatic delivery. They still have an infant, but the thought on their mind, if they were to have another baby in the future, was the same thought on my mind, having gone through what we did with Ryan. How can I trust my body to carry a baby again? Is my uterus okay? After all the manipulation and surgeries, is my belly going to be able to grow? Like, is everything okay after all the trauma, physical and emotionally, but physically, is my body capable? For this, it was about letting go. It's about trusting and believing that my body got me to this stage and will carry on, that my body had time to heal over the last two years. And whenever I feel scared or nervous, I just thank my body. I thank it for healing. I thank it for keeping me safe. I thank it for giving me another chance to carry a baby again after what happened at Ryan's delivery. And this gratitude towards my body helps calm me and makes me stay in the moment of what I have going on now, 21 weeks at the time of this recording and creating new life after almost losing mine and my son three years ago. And it's the same gratitude that helped me through the IVF process, which I've talked about on my YouTube channel. Whenever I was feeling like this isn't going to work, that how can this happen again for us? I would just thank my body. When I transfer that embryo, I thank my body. I said, I'm ready to receive this baby. Thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for healing. And that gratitude towards the vehicle that has caused us to live our life, which is our body, is so valuable. People have asked if I fear what happened to me and Ryan will happen again. How do I overcome the birth trauma fear? To be honest, I did a lot of healing on my own and with mindfulness and therapy around the time of my trauma that I think greatly helped me. And I feel like anyone who's gone through a traumatic incident, whether it's birth trauma or something else, and you are the one who defines what trauma is. I've always felt like it's important to look at all of those things when it happens and not dismiss it. Because sometimes that trauma can show up later on in your life, two years later, three years later. And so that work is really important. A lot of it was going back to having gratitude for being pregnant and my body, like I mentioned, and hope and trust in a new doctor and care team who understands what happened to us. Can I guarantee that I'll have a healthy pregnancy? Can I 100% guarantee that it'll be a seamless delivery and recovery? Absolutely not. But I've also learned over the last three years since my son was born and we navigated a pandemic that nothing in life can be planned 100%. Nothing is guaranteed. And the only thing I can control is how I approach it, who I choose to surround myself with to support me if I need it, and taking care of myself and my mental health. Overall, my mental health is Okay. I have feelings of nerves. I have feelings of excitement. My husband's actually struggling with some anxiety and depression at the moment as well. And it's been a struggle for us, to be honest. A lot of it has to do with other reasons, but it's not that happy, joyous, we have a baby time that I was hoping for it to be. And that's okay. You know, with IVF, you know what you're doing, right? The transfer means that there's a chance of pregnancy and hope of pregnancy. 
But when it happens, you do get a sense of, wow, is this really happening? And that kind of rocked our world a little bit, more so my husband, surprisingly than me. I was like ready. I knew. But for him, he was like, wait, this is actually working because for two years we were struggling to get pregnant. You know, that normal feelings, they start coming in. Are we ready for two? We have no help here. What are we going to do? We're in a three bedroom townhouse. How will we have space for our second child's toys and items and all the stuff that we need? Will this be enough for us? How will I continue my business, Pete's Dog Talk, with two children and no childcare help? These thoughts have crossed my mind many times, and sometimes they've consumed me to tears. I have a lot of dreams for Pete's Dog Talk that have blossomed this year and recognize that by adding another child, those dreams may need a temporary pause. It doesn't mean that they can't happen. Sometimes as a woman who has professional dreams, this conflict can feel unfair or uncomfortable. But I've really started to look at it as something not being taken away from me. I look at this as furthering my dreams as a whole. Yes, with the addition of a second baby, our life will be way more chaotic, especially in that first six months to a year with sleep rhythms and schedules. I will have to say no to a lot more personal and professional opportunities, but it also means that we're here. We have our children, something that we've wanted for a very long time. As we celebrate the arrival of our baby in June, we as a family are also dealing with big life choices, namely where to ultimately settle down. We have been in Florida for six years, but we're deciding if this is our forever home or if a move out of state is in the stars. Big decisions right now around the time our baby is due and our lease for our rental ends May 31st, right around the time the baby is due and the market is still wild. So there's just so much uncertainty of where are we going to live which home are we going to be in? Where are we welcoming this new baby? And I think for many people, when they welcome their first or second or any child, and there's that lack of stability in external factors, like maybe your career or your life, where are you living, support system, it can make things feel a little more uneasy. And that's where we're actually at right now. But I also know that when this new baby comes, whether you have a baby be your first baby, second baby, it doesn't matter. Many of us grapple with these choices and these thoughts. And I do believe it's going to work out. I know sometimes that phrase can seem dismissive, like it's going to work out. And it doesn't mean that we're not actively trying to figure out what to do. But like I said, sometimes we have to just let go of control and say, hey, look, we're going to do what we can. We're going to play it by ear in terms of what can we do at this moment? What can I do in the next three months? Figure out the market. But sometimes we just can't control everything. And that's okay. If you are listening to this and you too have grappled with all the feels in pregnancy, I hope you know that you're not alone. Excitement, worry, uncertainty, gratitude, all these feelings beautifully exist together in so many of us as we embark on this new journey. I am mostly excited, but yes, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the change when people say, oh, we had a second one. Like it's been so tough. It's like I've been a wild ride. You know, I have to remember that, yes, it's going to be like that. It's not going to be like it is right now. Ryan is three and there's a lot of independence. He can go to the bathroom on his own and then call me when he's done. He can get his own stuff from the fridge by using a stool. He can get on a stool and wash his hands. I mean, there's a lot of independence and that reality that, wow, now I have to add a baby and all the infant stuff, the feeding, the sleep, all of that. It just seems like this is a wild journey that we're adding on, but I'm really excited about it. Whenever I feel like I won't be able to do this, manage two kids, my spouse, personal dreams, all of it, I remember that we are constantly in shifting seasons of our life. 
In some seasons, something else will take a priority. And in other seasons, those priorities may change. And I also know amazing women, both in real life and on this platform, who are actively finding peace and joy in their new season that they are as mothers. And that does give me a lot of peace, knowing that I'm not alone, Knowing that I have this amazing community here on this show, as well as my YouTube channel and my Instagram, brings me a lot of joy. Make sure you leave a review for this podcast so that it continues to grow. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Peds Doc Talk TV, and subscribe there for updates where I share so much about our journey through IVF and also now through my pregnancy. And I cannot wait to share more with you all on these Finding Joy episodes and also through my YouTube channel as well in regards to how this pregnancy is going. And I'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend share it on your social media make sure to follow me at peds doc talk on instagram and subscribe to my youtube channel peds doc talk tv we'll talk to you soon are you tired of searching google and ending up in a rabbit hole at 2 a.m thinking that you're ruining your kid Stop and visit pedsdoctalk.com. My website is your new Google with a search feature to search all content that I have that is free or available by purchase. And let me tell you, there are a lot of free goodies there, like free printable PDFs for how to handle a choking incident to milestones to monitor in your kid. My website provides information regarding the health and development of your child, including parenting and sleep. My goal is that you stop those middle-of-the-night searches that lead you nowhere but into the land of anxiety. My goal is to guide you to be the confident and calm parent I know that you are. Make sure to visit pedsdoctalk.com and use the magnifying glass to search. Want even more? Make sure to sign up for our newsletter by visiting pedsdoctalk.com newsletter where you can get the latest and greatest in child health news and parenting tips delivered directly to your inbox. That's pedsdoctalk.com newsletter.